Welcome to the HSCT Warriors Podcast, bringing voice to the journeys of HSCT Warriors worldwide. I'm Dr. Jen Stansberry Koenig, or Zen Jen, moderator of meaningful conversations and convener of community. Whether you are or know someone who is battling multiple sclerosis, rheumatoid arthritis, type 1 diabetes, scleroderma, lupus, or any of the 24 autoimmune diseases that HSCT can halt, or are simply inspired by transformational journeys, you are in the right place. As we continue to grow the HSCT warrior community, illuminate the invisibilities of autoimmune disease, Recognize the possibilities of a future free from disease progression. Connect through our shared experiences and advocate for an inclusive society. We are glad you've joined us. I'm really excited to talk with you this morning. Uh, I'm talking with Lita from South Carolina. And tell me when you received HSCT. Um, I received it in July to August of uh, 2018. So just last year, I'm right at six months out. Wonderful. And where did you go for HSCT? Uh, Puebla City. Actually, I call it the spa with the needles <laughs> and uh, camp chemo and uh, went to the Clinico Ruiz. And yes. it was fabulous. So tell us more. How did you come to find out about Clinico Ruiz as your HSCT option? Right. I uh, believe it or not, I heard about, I'd never heard of HSCT before March when I uh, traveled to London with a good friend of mine. And we were watching the BBC and she yelled, come in here quickly and, and see this. It was about MS, and they had said something about HSCT was now, now going to be a part of the healthcare system. And, of course, I yes. went, what? Yes, yes. I didn't know what it was. So their, their uh, response to anyone who did not know what it was is even better than doing a, a search online would be to go to the Facebook groups. And so I immediately joined like two or three different Facebook groups. And my husband immediately said, no, this is, this is, this is not something I want you to do. Go through all of this agony, you know. And uh, the next month, I suffered probably the biggest tragedy of my life. And my 25-year-old uh, son died. Oh, my and goodness. Yeah, it was pretty, pretty amazing. And after I came back from Houston and his memorial service, I said, what do we think about this? And he, my husband, was so on board at that point. He said, you know what? Life is entirely too short. Indeed. And he said, if you've got, he had been reading up on it too. He said, you know, you have secondary progressive. And if... Uh, your chances of halting the disease are less than, uh, say, 50%. That's 50% more chance you'd have if we do nothing. Right. And um, so we went ahead and made the plunge and immediately committed to uh, the, the quickest uh, course that they had. 
the quickest uh, opening they had. Wow, you jumped right in. Yep, and uh, was uh, I mean there was a, a ton of paperwork, and I was delighted to get it all done. The more I read about uh, the clinic the more I realized that I would be in very good hands. What's interesting is that I had three physicians that I am seeing. Uh, One, of course, a neurologist, uh, one my GP, and one a pain doctor. And all three of them had the same response uh, in one respect. They all went, Mexico? You know, Mexico clinics are very different than American clinics. Mm -hmm. And and, uh, I, yes, I I would agree with that if, you know, you were just going to something you had not researched. But both the pain management doctor and uh, my GP both said, okay, you're committed to doing this. So call me when you get home. And my neurologist is very well recognized in the MS community in the U.S. Matter of fact, she does several of the videos on the National MS Society. And uh, she's just fabulous. And she said, well, I think HSCT has a lot of promise. Uh, She said, I don't know that I would tell my sister who has MS to do it. And you're pretty far along. But um, go for it. And so I, I did. That was as close as I was going to get to a blessing. (laughs) Sure. Very close. So did you receive any negative feedback? Uh, Actually, no, I did not, uh, which really surprised me. Uh, My pain management doctor, of course, he had not even really had a lot of experience with it other than with uh, cancer patients. And, and, my uh, GP had uh, experience with it with cancer patients, but not with MS, of course. And uh, so, but I I did not really receive any negative feedback about. I didn't I didn't receive a lot of encouragement, but I didn't really expect to. And to be real honest, I am going into my fortieth year with this disease. I am 63 wow. years old and I was diagnosed when I was uh, 24. So it, it it really is not something that I was willing to just go gently into that <laughs> good night. <laughs> right. Certainly living with the disease for that long is exhausting. So kudos to you for dealing well, with it for this long. I will tell you something. You, you hit a key Uh, phrase there, living with it, I have treated it for about the last 20 years. I have treated it like an interloper, an intruder. Absolutely. and, And something that is in no way me. The one thing I will not say is my MS. I, because I don't own it. It doesn't belong to me. It's not mine. And it does not um, own you. It does not own me. And I'm, I'm truly, I'm still ambulatory and, you know, I'm, I'm doing great. So wonderful. That's wonderful to hear. So what were some of your first symptoms when you were diagnosed back uh, at um, 23? Like, do you think you 24? had it? Yeah. Do you think you um, had it for a longer period of time? 
No, actually, that was the very, very first um, symptom I had, uh, first exacerbation, and it was really terrifying. Uh, I had known a woman very well who had just died from MS, and of course, the disease just scares the pejeebers out of Absolutely. You know? And uh, I woke up uh, one morning with double vision and slurred speech and general weakness on my right side. And uh, it, it was very odd. I went to a neurologist. Of course, this was before MRIs. And my spinal puncture was clean, but I... I knew something was very, very wrong. Sure. And what was really bad about it is that I don't know that you were saying earlier, everybody, MS is sort of an invisible disease, autoimmune. Indeed. I was really sort of winked at, I believe, as being a hypochondriac. Oh, yeah, I've been there. Yeah, as much as I hate to admit it, it kind of made me happy when I finally had a doctor go, yes, your MRIs show plaque. And I went, see? Right. I told you something was wrong. <laughs> I told you something was wrong. Yeah, been there too. But I had exacerbations. I did not have another attack for eight years. Well, that's they good. You, yeah. They said, you probably have MS. And so I lived with this horrible you know, specter of, of MS over my head. And I just pretty much gotten out of it when I had my first round of optic neuritis and uh, went to an ophthalmologist and he said, you know, it could be this, could be that, or else it could be MS. And of course, at that point, I knew that's what it was. I had uh, optic neuritis in one eye, and I can't even remember which eye it was, twice uh, for six weeks where I was totally blind in one eye. Amazing. Oh, and uh, now I don't even remember which eye it was. Oh, well, that's a good thing. One. Yeah, absolutely. And um, anyhow, when I, after my children were born, I had my children very late. And uh, my son when I was 37, my daughter when I was 38, which is not as unusual these days. That triggered more exacerbations, and um, then the last exacerbation I had was, I believe, 2002, and I had Bell's palsy, and I still have some residual sure. from that that is uh, remedied with Botox, and um, I have a wonderful, wonderful doctor who uh, was trained by I can't remember the doctor in L.A. who works specifically with the asymmetry in the face and synkinesis from Bell's palsy. So That's wonderful that you have such a resource. Yes, he's wonderful. Thank you for sharing more about your progression with all of this and mm -hmm. eventually becoming secondary progressive. And so right. applying for Mexico where they do treat secondary progressive, I'm curious to know about the process and just your most memorable experience down there? Mm -hmm. uh, the process of uh, getting down there, like I said earlier, was just lots of paperwork. When I landed and Lorenzo came and picked my husband or my daughter and I up in the van and we met uh, Fiona and her husband 
oh my gosh, it was like we were all going to camp. It was awesome. We were all so looking forward to it. And everyone was so positive, so upbeat. When we got to the clinic in Puebla City, it was so beautiful and such an incredibly well-oiled machine. The thing that startled me is they had taken me down to my room and, uh, you know, on the, on the table were these, these course guides with my name on them, with my schedule of what was going to happen every single day. So nothing was ever confusing. Everything, like I say, was just a well-oiled machine. It mm. was, oh, it was phenomenal. Sounds very personable. And the uh, second day I was in, I knew I was really wanted to live there for the rest of my life. <laughs> Someone came walking in with coupons and said, are you Lita? And I said, I am. <laughs> he said, here's a coupon for a free massage. And I went, okay, I'm in. Wonderful. I'm right. Yeah. And uh, I, I have a blog as well. And uh, I, I had uh, noted that in my blog. I said, boy, they really know how to get you hooked. So my, I was in the last group. It was a very small group that I was with. I think we only had 10 or 12. There were three of the individuals that I met, but for whatever reasons, they chose not to be as social as the rest of us were. And uh, I was in the, the, the last group, which means that I received my treatment on a later date than the other three groups. And uh, that means I uh, everything was four days behind them. So I got to see exactly what was, you know, I was going to be in. What for. to expect. Sure. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there are advantages to that and disadvantages. The disadvantages are that, you know, you're behind everybody. And I was a little bit concerned at the very end. My numbers weren't going to be high enough. And they were. They were. Everything went well. Uh, my first day of chemo, first and second days of chemo, uh, went very flawlessly, totally unremarkable. You know, it, it was absolutely nothing. I did um, have some issues with it in terms of uh, nausea, but not anything too bad with those first couple of days. Sure. And I, I, it's miserable, <laughs> right? Oh, yeah, it is. It's um, now the second very high dose of chemo uh, that comes after the harvest of your stem cells. I really reacted uh, strongly. And, and uh, what was really incredible about it is that there is an on-site nurse at all times. And uh, when I started vomiting and couldn't hold down water, they called her up. She was the cutest thing, Lupita. And Lupita came in and uh, just so sweet, hooked me up to a saline IV. And <laughs> within uh, the time, the, they gave me two bags. And by, by the time the first bag hit, I was, I was fine. And uh, they came up and checked on me constantly. You know, I never felt like, oh, my gosh. 
I'm in Mexico and I'm alone. You know, it was, they just, they knew exactly what to do. Oh, I wanted to tell you one point, my port, apparently I I earned the, the singular privilege of being the only person whose port had messed up to that. Oh, lovely. Lucky you. Yeah, lucky me. And it just began to bleed. And I could not, they couldn't stop the bleeding. So at 10 at night, uh, they bundled me and the nurse and at that point, my husband and was met at the hospital by two doctors, two of our doctors. And I've forgotten what her title is, but she's in charge of uh, about half of the the overall activities of everybody. And she came in her pajama bottoms. I loved it. <laughs> and so there were like four people there for me and so kind and so attentive and just fixed me all up, took my port out, and they were able to give me my stem cells through an IV. It was no big deal. It would have gone faster probably with uh, the port, but that's not a big issue. And uh, now I understand those charges are included in Clinica Ruiz's uh, initial fee. So if that happens to anybody or, or an emergency room visit happens, it's apparently cost-wise included. And do you know how much it cost us in American dollars? Wow. Are you ready for this? I am ready. One, $197. What? Yeah. So, you know, and, and it was just, I had two doctors. They did a procedure. I had all these people to make sure they knew I was not deserted. And uh, it was it was just amazing. I got home and, and uh, got back to the apartment and went to sleep. So there you go. So when you say $197, that was for like... Everything. $197 for an emergency room. Okay, visit. right. Got it. And an emergency room here uh, has been known to cost me, or well, my insurance... $19,000. Right. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Amazing. So it sounds like you were well cared for there and your daughter oh, was, it, your daughter was yeah. along with you for the first part. She, she was, my daughter is 24 years old and, uh, is absolutely beautiful. Her father who lives in uh, another state was very concerned about her, you know, this beautiful young girl going to Mexico. Oh, sure. And, oh, you know, she, anytime she wanted to go out, they would send her with someone. If, you know, uh, I was still walking around for the first week and we went sightseeing. It was great. But uh, there was, it was just the kindest place. I love that city. You know, there was absolutely no danger. I, I think I would have more apprehension about sending her out by herself in an American city than I would that city. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. It well, was great. That's wonderful. It's wonderful to hear and wonderful to share with more people to understand absolutely. that there's nothing to fear about Clinica no, Ruiz. Absolutely. There's nothing to fear. And two, her comfort and my husband's later when he got there was so was so great. You know, they had their own room 
they, you know, could get away from me kvetching, you know, uh, retching. (laughs) uh, You know, they could, it, it was just everything we needed. Oh, and I wanted to tell you at one point, their conditioner was not working well. They gave me this huge fan, which I love fan noises, but it got to be too much. Uh, just stuffy, and uh, they moved me to another room with a great air conditioner, and they did all the packing. They did all the reassembling. It was just fabulous. I really, really appreciated everything. Well, yeah, it sounds like very well cared for. So you stay in an apartment-type building, right? Yes, it, it was a building. It's a building that was built exclusively for this purpose for individuals having HSCT. And uh, I think there are like 30 rooms. We were on the fourth floor. They are uh, two-bedroom suites, have a little kitchenette, TV area. Uh, We're not big TV people, so didn't spend a lot of time watching television, but there's all sorts of American channels and Netflix. It's very comfortable. The thing that I was just amazed at, they make you drink well, that'll make you do it. They have you drink at least two liters of water per day until you get to a certain point in the chemo. And then they have you drink three waters, uh, three liters of water per day. That's a lot of water. And it the purpose of that is to flush the chemo uh, chemicals out of your body right. as as much as you can. And they provide all the water. Uh, They don't say the water in Puebla is not potable, but they recommend that you don't drink it. Sure. And and so uh, every day when the housekeeper would come every day, I got kind of spoiled. She would bring in uh, liters of water to replace the ones that I had consumed. She also would bring my laundry folded and uh wow how yeah how did that feel yeah that felt pretty amazing the only thing i would recommend is make sure and sort it darks and lights because i came home with some things that were pink that sort of ended up gray so (laughs) make sure make sure you sort your laundry it's just amazing how they have been specifically trained they being every piece of the machine uh, have been specifically trained in their task and they take so much pride in it. Wonderful. And yeah, it was fantastic. That's it, wonderful. It really was. So, yeah, and, so aside from uh, maybe a too gray shirt or a less pink shirt, what else did you come home with? How is recovery going for you? The recovery, I had a, I had a very easy time with it used all the precautions that were suggested to me. We did get our heads shaved, all of us. And one of the fellows, I don't know what his his uh, function was there, but his wife was a hairdresser. And she came up and for a couple of pesos would shave your head and give you a head massage. And it was wonderful. And so we all left there bald, got on uh, a plane with a mask. I, I did not stress about germs. I let my husband stress about germs. But we uh, wiped everything down. 
uh, with uh, hand wipes and, uh, you know, hand sanitizer, wipe down the seat. Some people put a blanket in their seat, which is not a bad idea. I mean, I don't think you can be too careful. Uh, They said to, uh, it would be better to eat something from the clinic, take it to the plane than it would be to eat the airline food. And I didn't quite know how to make the logistics of that work, given the time to the airport and the time that we had to leave some unholy hour, like 3.30 a.m. Right. And uh, so anyhow, I, I went ahead and ate the airline food. And I'm still alive to tell about it. Right. And uh, we did fly, make sure and fly first class. And uh, it was a good thing to do it, because they do give you a lot more uh, care and, you know, we're, Space. we're told. Yeah, yeah. And it was it was fine. You know, people were basically afraid of me with my headscarf on and my mask. I look like a bank robber. but people were so kind to me good and uh what what i came away with really was uh knowing absolutely from all the literature and all of the talks that we had had what was what was going to happen you know how we were going to feel so when i got home and i was extremely tired and i slept Oh, gosh, you know, 15 hours a day and would just nap every time I felt like it. I realized I this was par for the course. I also was able to uh, reconcile when I started having leg spasms that I'd not had uh, leg spasms before HSCT. And I started having them afterwards. And now they're sort of subsiding. But I did know that that was something that a lot of people suffered from. Communication with others that have gone through this is very good. And helps uh, to ease your mind that things are normal. Yeah. Yes. Oh, things are improved. Wonderful. And yeah, I went to my neurologist, my second visit. I did have an MRI after the first visit. And of course, as is the case with secondary progressive, you usually don't show up any lesion activity anyway. Right. Uh, and, but um, I went to my neurologist and her response was, wow, Lita, it looks like it worked. How and did that said, feel? Yeah. yeah. Oh, my goodness. I went down on the EDSS from a 4.5 to a 3.5. Wonderful. And I don't know what accounts for the rest of the 3.5, but I am believing God. I am a praying woman, and I believe that I am going to uh, see a further reduction. I no longer, I used to walk with a walk aid, Mm -hmm. which um, to lift my right foot, because that was usually the reason I would fall. I am no longer walking with my walk aid, and I am no longer walking with a cane. Wonderful. Yeah, I walked through uneven grass the other day, and of course I have to be careful, but I walked with a little bit of trepidation toward a, on a very un, unlevel ground and, and did well. Wonderful. So. You're braver than me. <laughs> I'm, I'm not there yet. Yeah, yeah. Well, you will be. You I will, will be. be. I continue to work at it. 
Yes, I uh, I love the MS gym. It has helped me. My physical therapy has helped me enormously. I'm doing great. Wonderful. So what other improvements have you seen? Um, actually, I believe, and, and I'm not even, well, I don't know. My hearing in my right ear has been diminished since the first time I noticed it was on the trip to North Carolina when we moved up here 20 years ago. So it's it's been diminished for at least a couple of decades, and it's better. And Isn't that I amazing? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's the last thing that I, I really anticipated. Um, I did have a bit of a setback when I very first came home. I took a terrible fall and dislocated my right shoulder. Oh, goodness. And so my right side has always been a little bit weaker. And I'm having some challenge with uh, getting my the range of motion. And, of course, I didn't have as much strength to begin with. So that's been a little bit of a, a challenge. but Something you know, to work always, on. Yeah, something to work on. So I went from physical therapy on my gait to physical therapy on my shoulder <laughs> immediately. So... Uh, Doing doing better, though. And so far, I haven't, like I say, received any more improvement of my symptoms. But the reason I went down was because I was so rapidly progressing. Mm. And uh, I would say over the last 18 months before I'd gone for HSCT, I had gotten progressively, I mean, noticeably worse as far as walking goes. And to have that back is such a gift and not to be getting worse is such a gift. And for mm. someone with secondary progressive, you know, I've had I've had some of these symptoms that are, you know, well in excess of half of my life. The numbness in my right side and the tingling in my feet and that kind of thing atrophy in, in a lot of the muscles on my right side. And so far, I'm working on those. Haven't seen a great deal of increase in muscle mass, but hey. You're I, only you six know, months. <laughs> yeah, I'm only six months, and I'm also, I got what I came for. Exactly. Halt that yeah. progression. Absolutely. Halt the progression, and I'm there. And I, every morning, my hands fly up to heaven and say, Thank you. <laughs> I can hear the gratitude. Yeah. That's wonderful. So that is just Thanks. so wonderful. So what what has been the cost to anyone else in your life as you've gone through all of this? <sighs> you mean gone through HSCT or gone yeah, through Yeah, well, however you want to answer it. Hmm. I think the the biggest thing that I wanted to see was I wanted my kids to see me healthy. Sure. And my daughter is uh, going to be able to see that. Right. And it's it's just, uh, you know, she she is overjoyed. It's so cute. So many of her friends, when I stopped writing my blog, two of her friends asked, why isn't your mom writing her blog <laughs> anymore? I loved it. They love the and, updates. 
yeah, I need to update. And then uh, uh, one of her roommates, she lives with a, a couple of kids her age in uh, Atlanta. And one of them, when she told about the uh, decrease in my EDSS score, one of them said, oh, my mom will be so excited to hear that. <laughs> it is and, very exciting. Yeah. And so, you know, his mom is keeping up which just cracks me up. Oh, that's wonderful. It's good to know you have support out there. Oh, my husband is so supportive of me and he is, oh, he's so grateful. You know, he's just been, it's been a lot of work for him. It's just been astonishing. When you said what the cost has been, you know, immediately cost conjures up dollar bills And uh, I was just astonished in, you know, I mentioned that I found about all this in March and I had a horrific tragedy in April that I told Mm. you about. Mm. And then later that month, we found out that we were beneficiaries of a $50,000 insurance policy. Wow. That had come into effect. And, you know, if that was not affirmation from God that I was supposed to do this, I don't know what was. Sure. So, yeah. So, That's you know, amazing. yeah, it was amazing. And I am, oh, again, <laughs> so grateful. So grateful. So what it sounds like you've had a wonderful experience and you've offered some advice so far, helping others to think about the experience with Clinico Ruiz, at least. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else you could offer to anyone out there listening um, that you can offer just advice based on your experience with your disease? Um, Dwell on the positive. Uh, I love that. I love that. Yeah. Dwell on the positive. I mean, for those who have MS, this won't come as an embarrassment. I hope it doesn't embarrass anybody else, but you know, my initial response to when I started needing depends because of MS was, oh my gosh, you know, I'm not old. I don't, you know, this is just a horrible thing Mm. to need this. And uh, my husband said, but isn't it great? Did you get to use those that they're available to you? And uh, I heard someone say, you know, that was disabled, uh, that was in a wheelchair, not because of MS, but uh, somebody said, is it, is it disheartening being in a wheelchair? And he said, no, what's disheartening is being bedridden. And so I, I believe that, you know, be encouraged with every single positive thing, whether or not it's it's improvement of a symptom, whether or not it's, you know, you're having a down thing from HSCT like I did with the nausea. You know, I had to just tell myself with the severe nausea, Lita, you're on the home stretch. <laughs> you're, it's, you're eliminating this poison from your body. This is a good thing. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, when I would have, uh, diarrhea from 
you know, oh, Lita, they gave you Imodium. Yay. You know, (laughs) you just, you just have to find the positive in this thing and realize that this is such a temporary affliction. This will to be over. And there are a lot of people that I have heard had a lot of people from our group had a lot of unexpected depression. I have a lot of experience with not allowing myself to go there. You know, bear in mind that I was still dealing with uh, grief. Absolutely. And so what I found is grieving the loss of a child and grieving the loss of the status of my health, you know, temporarily were very closely akin. And what mm. I what I did with both is required myself to grieve. I gave myself 30 minutes of grief every day, whether that was grief for my son or whether that was grief from uh, you know, feeling depressed or sad because of what I thought might be residual from the chemo. Sure. Or, or even now, this sounds incredibly vain. My hair was always my best feature. <laughs> Loss of my hair. Sure. You know, it's valid. Like, it's very valid. Oh, oh, yeah. And, you know, I, I would sit there and, and realize I was feeling sorry for myself. And I said, okay. This is starting your 30 minutes. Go for it. Pity party. Yes, there you and, go. And, Allow uh, the space for it to happen. Exactly. Allow the space for it to happen. But when that timer went off, I'd say, okay, that's enough for today. Why don't you do it again tomorrow? That's beautiful. That is such a beautiful practice. Yeah, it, it, it really has helped me a lot. I hope it helps really? others. Thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. So could you name a superpower that you gained during your experience? Oh, well, God is my superpower. That's that's no no question about that. But my husband is amazing. He, oh, something I did that I would suggest to anyone who has an iPhone is get the any list, A-N-Y list app and uh, share the uh, shopping list with whomever. And I would just write on here what he was going to cook for the first, you know, six weeks. And then I was going to cook after that. He would go to the store and magically all these things that I had asked for would appear in my refrigerator. How about that? Oh, he's magic. He's awesome. And he's such an encourager. So I would have to say that he and my daughter, you know, more so than uh, David, more so than Hannah, uh, simply because she lives in a different city. But both of them were so encouraging. So I would say my husband is definitely my superpower and my friends. Sure. You know, I, I I had people that I knew were praying for me. And during this time of 
grief of uh, over the death of my son as well as the recovery from HSCT, I will tell you, prayers held me up. I mean, that's the only thing that kept me vertical. Sure. Well, yeah, knowing that everybody's putting their best energy toward you. Absolutely. That's powerful. Absolutely. So what are you grateful for? (laughs) I'm grateful that this cursed disease is stopped. There you go. I am grateful for that. And of course, I am grateful for not having to use a walking device again. Sure. And I am grateful for, you know, any small improvement that I have. Uh, I am just amazingly grateful for that. I am, uh, you know, I'm grateful for the uh, symptomatic meds that I have that, you know, keep the baclofen for keeping me anti, you know, I've increased my baclofen and my spasms have gone away. Wonderful. So, you know, yeah. So, you know, and I'm so grateful for having a doctor that was open to it. Yes. Um, yeah. The one thing I'm not grateful for is how difficult it's been to find someone to give me immunizations that most often are given to children. Mm. Uh, it's uh, It's been a little difficult. I still don't have my uh, Tdap. It is a Tdap. No, I got a Tdap. Uh, but there's, there was a lot of effort in that. The, uh, oh, that's something I want to tell people that go to the clinic or Ruiz. They said to get your DTP, which is diphtheria, tetanus, and pertest. Mm. They don't call it that here. It's a Tdap. And so I went in asking for the DTP and they kind of scratched their heads. Looked at you like, what? Yeah, so it's a Tdap, and and my my uh, grown-up internist did not offer that because they only give it to kids. So she said, but Tdaps is a Tdap is for an adult, and I had to go to a a drugstore to get it. And uh, but it it was a little bit of an effort to kind of translate that from Spanish <laughs> from Mexico sure. to the U.S. Well, that's interesting because I. It's interesting that immunizations are even on their radar as part of the discharge. Did they recommend uh-huh. that you have those done? Uh-huh. Oh, absolutely. It's in the uh, printed material that you bring home, tells you when to get them. Interesting. Um, uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, basically you're coming home with no immune system. Right, right. And so it was a it was a, a good thing when I was allowed at three months to get some uh, immunizations. And I was, I was glad to do that. And of course, I'm still having to get boosters for a couple of them. And, uh, especially, you know, I saw the, that there's a outbreak of in them, or measles. Yeah. Measles out uh, West. Yeah. So I was really grateful to, uh, that I got my MMR. Isn't that funny? (laughs) Yeah. You know, like children, especially fear the needle and Exactly. The shift in perspective is nice to hear. Right. Dwelling on the positive. I love that. One thing I wanted to tell you that I totally overlooked is the relationship. (laughs) The relationships that were formed 
with the uh, patients as well as the carers. The relationships that we formed were absolutely amazing. We still keep uh, together on Facebook and we are absolutely just knitted together by being in this at the same time and being able to relate with people. And we're talking all the carers as well as the patients. We're planning a uh, five-year cruise, which I just think is absolutely hilarious. You know, all of us are going to get on this boat and be able to walk freely, and and uh, I'm excited. And if, if we can't walk freely, we'll be able to be there and do whatever it was that we did before. And, and be in community together. Our, be in community together. Oh, it's fantastic. That's wonderful. The uh, Clinica Ruiz has a restaurant that all the meals, of course, are included in the uh, cost of the treatment. And you go down and during particular hours for lunch or for dinner. And, you know, they kept saying in the introductory speech with Dr. Ruiz and um Dr. Ruiz Jr. and there's another doctor we all call Dr. McDreamy, and uh, they were also handsome, <laughs> and uh, it was, that was the fun part. But we, uh, you know, they said, "Well, this is not restaurant quality." Well, I think on a scale of you know one to five, they were pretty much a four. They it, the food was really really good, wonderful, and. Yeah, and and uh, they had there for the carers. If uh, they they say absolutely no alcohol, but the carers got to purchase, you know, a little bit of wine if they wanted to, you know, or whatever. That's nice. Yeah, it was very nice, and uh, I think they needed it. <laughs> well, sure. <laughs> you know, it's very stressful watching someone you love go through something that absolutely temporarily badly but there was also we would back to the restaurant um most of the time we ate with all the tables pushed together like a big family meal and uh that was delight that was so nice and uh additionally there was a uh rooftop get-together place it's it's covered and part of it's uncovered that just has an incredible view you can see the volcano at night which by the way erupted uh about three weeks ago and uh how about that hurt any, yeah it didn't hurt anybody i kind of wish i'd been there when right I to see run. it yeah yeah but i had a wonderful view of it out my window and we would all go upstairs, and sometimes some of the people that worked downstairs would come up with their guitars. And, uh, oh, it was just wonderful. It was absolutely wonderful. It sounds wonderful. Talk- yeah, got your mind off of it. Well, yeah, because it can be such an isolating experience if you're... yeah especially if you're there alone. And so to be connected with others going through the same experience, but then even the caregivers to be able to connect with other caregivers. Oh, absolutely. That's beautiful. And and the good thing too, is that if someone is unable to have a care with them, Clinical Ruiz will actually provide one 
at, at an extra charge, of course, but you can do that for a couple of weeks or you can do it for the whole month. How about that? Yeah, it, very, very nice. So, oh, and the, oh, and the carers that we just loved them. They were so cute and just such a, such a wonderful atmosphere. Wonderful. So. That's wonderful to hear. The joy really comes through when you're talking about it and just, it's. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I, I, I'm very grateful for it. I am very great. It's an experience that even aside from MS, I'll never forget it. It was wonderful. Sure. That's like a bonus, right? You get to halt your disease and you get to have such a wonderful experience and build a whole new community of family. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you for sharing your story and your experience with Clinica Ruiz, the growing community that has continued to support you and that you will continue to be in community with, it sounds like, for years to come. Oh, thank you very much. I'm planning on staying in touch with them. Well, on the cruise, sounds like a really a lot of fun. (laughs) That's a great idea. It's a great idea. Yeah, it is. Get away together and experience what it's like to be free from disease. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's beautiful. Thank you again for sharing everything with this warrior community and, and just shining a light on your own warrior experience. It's been great talking with you. Thank you. It was so great to uh, have me on the show. I appreciate it. Be sure to visit our website, hsctwarriorspodcast.com, where you can find notes from today's episode, submit ideas or feedback, and access the latest HSCT research and resources. Special thanks to musical genius Bill Allitzhauser for sharing his superpowers to create the soundtrack, edit, and produce the audio to make this podcast possible. You can find us both when you subscribe on SoundCloud, iTunes, or wherever you find your podcasts. Take a moment to leave a review because your feedback will help to develop even better episodes, and your ratings will help other people find the show. Tune in next Wednesday for a brand new episode highlighting another HSCT warrior. Until then... Be a snowflake and embrace your superpowers. Be kind. Be well.